2: Hello and welcome to the MotorMouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumor charity, helping to raise awareness and help find a cure. Thanks to our partnership, we've been able to create a short series of special podcasts uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. You can hear those stories, including the Williams F1 team's planning director, Richard Jones, right? now on your chosen podcast player. Also, bookings are still available for the Motormouth charity karting event with places on August the 10th still on general sale. Enter your team of four to an endurance race and compete with and against a host of motorsport celebs or pro drivers who will be drawn at random to be on your team. Gates open at 12.30 and close at 6pm. For all the information and to see who you could be up against, head to motormouthkartrace.com. We'll see you there and together we can help every single person affected by a brain tumor. It's season eight, and we're really excited to be once again teaming up with F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality, and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the pinnacle of motorsport. And let's face it, any chance to get close to Formula One this year, we are all over it. And the brilliant news is you can now return trackside thanks to F1 Experiences. Enjoy the very best race tickets and track hospitality, first-class hotels, and unprecedented access you simply cannot get anywhere else. For more information on how you can book your F1 experience, visit f1experiences.com where you can also save 5% on your very own F1 Experiences package by using the code MOTORMOUTH when checking out online. So what are you waiting for? Experience the 2021 F1 season firsthand with exclusive access courtesy of F1 Experiences. Get booking today at f1experiences.com.
1: Hello everyone, Tim Sylvie here. Now today's guest hails from Hampshire in the south of the UK, and Headley to be precise. Now, while Headley doesn't seem to be of any great historical interest, apart from the fact I used to live near there, I can tell you, Harry Benjamin that Hampshire is the largest county in the south-east and the ninth largest in England by area. High Clare Castle in the Hampshire countryside is featured in Downton Abbey, no less. The Spitfire from the war was invented in Hampshire in a place called Eastleigh. And Burberry, the fashion giant, was established in Basingstoke by Thomas Burberry, who stumbled across a waterproof fabric that went on to become the iconic Burberry trench coat. I could go on, but I won't. What do you make of that, my friend? Oh,
2: that's very cool! You just stumble across a waterproof uh, piece of material, and then you make a a fair few a fair few quid. I think it's fair to say in the the Burberry brand, not not bad for Hampshire. Pretty decent.
1: I think the Burberry family have done all right for themselves. Um, what's new with you? How's the commentary going?
2: Yeah, all good. Uh, Porsche, bit of Formula Two, bit of Formula Three as well. So that's all uh, been fun. Summer break now, so that's nice um, for a bit. Although I'm doing some motor GP as well, and that break has just ended. So not too many uh, weekends off, sadly. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. I went to the gym this no, morning. No, uh, you didn't. For, no, for the first time in about six months, <laughs> and I had a personal trainer. <laughs> and we went for over an hour, and I was nearly sick at least twice. Oh, well, uh, it working. was it was horrific. But yeah. actually,
1: I'll go back. Uh, well, we'll see. You ha- if you've signed up to a personal trainer, you kind of have to.
2: Well, only a one-off, and I, you know, when it's when it's forty quid a month, you know, yeah. it's uh, I gotta, I gotta keep that in there. This so well, I'm not just gonna give them my money. The amount of gyms that've taken my money is unacceptable. Yeah. And then so you, then, uh, then, then we're gonna go. power through. This is this is the time. Love Island 2022 yeah. is what we're going for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Love Island with the motorsport interest.
2: Exactly. With, There's already one in there. Well, he there was one in there. Oh, was he out? Oh no, I'm not watching it. I
1: think he's out now. I think he's out. Oh, oh well. uh, he might be coming to our karting event. Incidentally, I should mention the karting event before we start because um, Wednesday the 4th, this goes out. So, less than a week from the day that this is released, is the first ever Motormouth Charity Karting Cup at Wilton Mill. Um, we've got tons of people coming Kelvin Fletcher, Liam Lawson, the F2 driver, Hayden Gullis, Freddie Hunt, Matt Ames, Tom McCluskey. Uh, the list goes on. British Touring Car drivers, Formula E. Uh, we've got a Formula One car coming. James he- James Hunt's Hesketh 308 Mark 1 Formula One car is coming. We're firing that up and taking that around the track. We've got loads going on. The teams are sold out, but you can still come on the day. So if people want to come and just join in, have a barbecue, listen to some music, watch some racing, meet some celebrities, and some pro drivers, come along 10th of August from 12.30, gates open um, at Wilton Mill Kart Track near Deventry. Make sure to come along. Anyway, enough of our rambling. We're leaving our guest hanging. Shall we bring her in? Let's do it. So today we're joined by Jessica Hawkins, who was recently named as a driver ambassador for the Aston Martin Cognizant Formula One team. She's also a star of the fantastic W Series, which is racing alongside Formula One in support of eight race weekends. She's a former karting champion, has raced in Formula Ford, F4, British touring cars, Jaguar Ipace E-Trophy, and the mini-challenge. She's also a stunt driver, and that is a first for us on this show. She's here to dive into her path to the top, her opinions, thoughts, future, and maybe even what she's scared of. Ladies and gents, please welcome Jessica Hawkins to the Motor Mouth Podcast. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Not too bad.
0: Yeah,
2: how are you also, getting Also,
0: I mean, I, your wonderful fact about Hampshire uh-huh. um, is incredible, but I don't actually live in Hampshire.
1: What? Uh, yeah. Where do you live? I live in Milton Keynes. You tell me you were born in Hampshire.
0: I wasn't even born in Hampshire although I have lived in Hampshire but not
1: for a long time.
2: Oh, you you know what's done this, Wikipedia.
1: I never look at Wikipedia for these facts, you know. And then this this time on Wikipedia it it says I'm going to have to check your Wikipedia. It's, <laughs> it, it says you're from um, Hampshire, right? So I was like, okay, cool. I, I used to live near there. That's all good. I'm going to Google it. Went on to Wikipedia to get some facts. British racing trip You're from East Hampshire in England. It tells me so.
0: Wikipedia is definitely lying. So I was born in Poole. Um, I not think, even close. <laughs> I then did live in Hampshire for a while, yeah, near okay. Headley, but yeah. I've not been there for uh, maybe uh, four or five years now. Uh,
1: hold on, hold on. So you've lived in Headley?
0: Not in Headley, near Headley.
1: So my facts are not completely wrong?
0: Not completely wrong, just the time scale is a little out.
1: Fine, I'll take that. So I, I stand by my, my, head, my Hampshire-based facts, safe in the knowledge that at some point in your life, you briefly <laughs> lived there. <laughs>
2: I love how polite you were about that. It was great, great for Hampshire, but um, I'm not there. So, are you in Milton Keynes (laughs) right now, Jess? I'm
0: in Milton Keynes right now, yes. I got back from Hungary early hours of the morning,
2: very early hours, actually. Oh, God. Well, well done. Thank you for joining us on a Monday afternoon after post Hungary. Um, Well, then, we've established uh, where you are and where you're from and where you're not from. (laughs) Um, So, now we'll get into the crux of things. Um, Let's go back to the very start, way before Hampshire and Milton Keynes. Where did this love of motorsport come from? Was it from the get-go or was it in the family?
0: Not really in the family. Um, Do you know what? When I was really, really young, I didn't even know what car racing was. It was just, um, I was a really sporty kid, really, really sporty, any sports. And I was probably useless at anything else other than sports. Um, From a really young age, from when I, since I can remember, my parents were separated. So I used to spend every other weekend with my dad and we used to go and play Um, a number of different sports and uh, we were playing golf one day at Sandown Park Um, and in the distance there was a go-kart track. Uh, I didn't really know what it was Um, but basically I begged my dad to let me have a go and we went over there and fortunately for him I was way below the height restriction Um, but a few months later we went back and although I hadn't grown much they had got some smaller carts in and the height restriction had dramatically dropped so I had a go and that was it literally fell in love with it straight away and it's here we are 18 or 19 years later um, and I'm still involved in motorsport and still love it as much as I did then.
1: When you when you first started karting competitively was there other females in the sport at that stage were you seeing other girls taking part And, and have you noticed you know taking W Series out of the equation for a moment over the years have you noticed an increase in participation at all?
0: So many. I mean, I can, when I first started at eight or nine, I can remember maybe one or two other females within certainly the karting world. Um, And now there are so, so many more, not just drivers, but engineers, strategists, mechanics, all across the board of motorsport, there are certainly more females, which is fantastic. Um, I think W Series really is a driving force forward behind that.
1: Yeah, it's it's done some interesting things for the sport. We'll obviously come on to W Series a little bit later on. Um, but let's let's start off with your your transition into into full blown racing following cars. Take us through those early years in single seaters and Formula Ford. When you made that step up, did it feel like a giant leap, or or did you feel relatively comfortable straight away?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I was comfortable, but I was so so unprepared. Um, I don't think it's any secret that motorsport, and especially single-seaters, is extremely expensive. Yeah. Um, it wasn't something that... I I was ready, and I wasn't ready. I mean, the first time I, I raced a single-seater, I'd never seen the track before. I'd never dri- driven a single-seater before. Um, so I was actually really unprepared. But the opportunity arose, and I would have been stupid to say no. Um, looking back... <laughs> It, it it was incredibly annoying um, because we were competing against people that had just been out so many times. But I think considering that, the results were actually really good considering. Um, so, yeah, that's that. And that's been kind of a very similar thing throughout my career. I've just had to take opportunities as they've arisen, even if I've been severely unprepared. But um, in the long run, it's probably actually done me quite well because I've had to adapt quickly to what I'm driving um, so yeah, I mean, it, whilst it was frustrating at the time, it's actually probably done me the, the the world of good.
2: Properly dropped in at the deep end then for the uh, the early starts here, but it wasn't long before you sort of made your way up the ladder. If we fast forward a bit to uh, winning in in the mini challenge as well that you took part in in 2017, I think it was, and you yeah. you really started picking up wins. List. that must have been you know quite satisfying for you to sort of be. Competing in a competitive and known series as well at that level and being on the ladder, mixing it with with the best of of that uh, age as well and getting wins on the board.
0: Definitely. And I think it was so that the mini championship was my first full season of racing. Prior to that, I'd done maybe one race a year, um, maximum, maybe two races maximum a year. Um, so that was really quite unexpected, the success that we had in that, because again, I had one test day before the beginning of the year and I did it at the time. I only had the budget for the first three rounds, but we ended up winning the first three rounds. Um, so then it became a little, little bit easier to pull favors, um, <laughs> to, 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 be able to, to finish the season. So yeah. But, uh, and the, the minis was honestly, they're so much fun. Um, And it was great racing and it was great to have a full season in, in motorsport, full season in cars. That's what I needed. And to be honest, I still lack experience. I've only ever done two full seasons of racing. And whilst I have been, you know, I've been in some high profile series, I'm actually probably really quite unprepared for it. But again, I'd be silly to say no to the opportunity.
2: It's just all about racking up those miles, isn't it, under your belt and and trying to gain all that experience. But then doing the mini, and then suddenly fast and furious. Talk (laughs) me through that.
0: I know, yeah, what an incredible
2: opportunity and just saying yes.
0: I know, I know. And it was just something that it's the same set of skills, I would say, just used in a completely different way. And I was lucky that I was able to adapt my driving Um, to to the kind of stunt driving and drift world Um, and that led me to get that job as a stunt driver for one of them and then I had three months intensive training preparing for the show so I learned all so many different skills and that you would never need for racing Um, (laughs) that i would never done before but honestly it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life and yeah, same set of skills just used in a completely different
1: way. But that, that's uh that's a really handy skill to have because the li is it Terry Grant, the the stunt driver, is that his name? He's I think it's Terry Grant. And he's he's built a career out of doing stunt driving. You know, he does stuff at Goodwood, you know, spins around a guy standing there on the track and all sorts of stuff. He's built up a really good reputation and and, and a successful career doing that sort of thing. And presumably Definitely. this this yeah. was this so this is Fast and Furious live, right? This is is this presumably some sort of live Event or show with an with a live audience where there's stunts going on is that is that what was happening?
0: Yeah, so it was basically a recreation of all of the big stunts throughout the Fast and Furious franchise movies. Um, They we basically recreated all of those stunts, but we did it live, Um, and we sold out places like the O2 arena, wow. honestly. in Yeah. That's where we premiered at the O2. And then we went up, over to, we toured Europe, basically um, performing at places like the O2, yes. um, but in different countries, obviously. And yeah, honestly, like what a strange career path to take. But at the time I didn't, I didn't have, I was in this horrible rut that I couldn't find any money to go racing. The opportunity arose I made the most of it, and it actually it's opened up another world for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm whilst people around me at the time were kind of dubious about me going to do it because I'd spent so long on this motorsport path and trying to find my way. It was genuinely so amazing, and I worked with some of the best drivers in the world yeah. um, and performers. And yes, it's opened up a whole new world. And I, I, I met Terry actually. Uh, towards the end of, of the shows and he, he's a great great guy um, very talented and I have a lot of time for him
1: yeah and it, and like you say it did open up other the doors and you didn't stop just with Fast and Furious Live you went on to feature in another of a you know one of the biggest movie um, series of all time James Bond and No Time to Die was was this a similar thing how did this come about was this as a direct result of Fast and Furious
0: um It was actually through Terry. Um, So I'd met Terry and Terry introduced me. So obviously the Bond coordinator, Lee Morrison was looking for a female um, to join his, his stunt driving team. So I had a a quick audition with him and he quickly welcomed me to the team. Um, But it was quite a a, a daunting experience because I'd only ever done, um, I think a couple of days on a, on a, on a TV series before. So, we're in, in the deep end at Bond um, but again an incredible experience and I met and worked with the most talented people you could ever imagine
2: Maybe. we still can't we just have to wait that, that film it's not out yet and they delayed it by like a year haven't they because of uh, okay. COVID
0: all I can say is that it's going to be well worth the wait
2: there we go no spoilers <laughs> nicely done um <laughs> Back to racing, though, because it wasn't the end. And this is where we do get on to, of course, the W Series. And we've had lots of your colleagues on previously. I think uh, Emma kimmerleinen has been on the show, as has uh, Abby Eaton as well. So uh, we are we are big fans of the W Series. And it was announced, obviously, in 2019. And you were there right from the very start. And obviously, despite the, the year off that was forced to be had due to COVID, how have you seen it? develop over, you know, the very short amount of time it's actually been around for in terms of actually track action as well. Because in its short life it already seems to be doing quite a lot. It's still got obviously a long way to go as well. But how how have you seen it develop over the last couple of years?
0: I mean, so first and foremost, I genuinely would not be racing without W Series. So I have so much to thank them for and yeah, I never would I ever have the opportunity to race a Formula Three car without them.
2: Actually, how how did it come about? Did you just did you hear about it on the grapevine, or did someone approach you?
0: Uh, yeah, I heard about it through through the grapevine. I think it was my mum that saw it before I did, and she kind of showed me. Um, I was. You know, I was no huge fan at the first at the first time I heard about it, but that was because I didn't know enough about it. Um, and as soon as I learned more about it and, you know, their goals and ambitions for the series, I thought I'd be stupid to not apply. So I applied, um, made it through, obviously, to one of the lucky 18 or 20 drivers. Um, and yeah, the, the first half of 2019, I was really tough. Again, I was severely unprepared and I had no testing leading up to it. And I'd not been driving a race car in a very long time. Um, and single seaters is extremely tough. You know, there's there's no substitute for seat time, um, but the second half of the seat, and I'd always be fast enough. I'd always be, apart from the first round, I'd always be top three in testing. And then I'd really struggle on the new tire run and qualifying just because I never go new tires um, could never kind of find the sweet spot with them. Um, but then my luck kind of changed halfway through the season. I really started to get, to get the hang of it and had a really strong season 2019 and, I could have really done with going back to back. Um, I really could have done with the season in 2020 because I think I would have started how I finished. Um, But unfortunately due to nobody's fault, um, 2020 didn't happen, Um, which I think has set set me back again a little bit because most of the girls have been out regularly racing and I haven't. So I'd say (laughs) to say the least, it's been a tough start to this season. I've had a few penalties for some silly mistakes um but I, I finally scored a point that I can keep this weekend. So I'm I'm hoping that this is the turning point for the championship for me and uh I can, you know, start to start to go on as I finished in twenty
1: nineteen. Yeah, well congratulations on that for sure. Um you, you mentioned just there at the start that your opinion perhaps changed of the series from when you first heard about it to when you, became to, when you learned more about it and became involved with it. What, what was it that changed? Well, we've spoken to a few people about this sort of thing and, and lots of drivers, and we, I've spoken to Jamie Chadwick about it in the past. When she first heard about it, she wasn't necessarily totally over-enamoured with it. What, what do you think has changed people's perceptions about it? Because I think all of us, myself included, were sceptical about this um, female-only series when it first came out and thought, is this actually going to do any good for female racing or is it just creating more segregation? How how is your... Um, Perception of the series changed since you first heard about it.
0: It is just run so so professionally. It's so professional. The guys behind the guys and women behind it are so passionate about it. Um, it's giving an opportunity to females that perhaps wouldn't have that opportunity without them. One of them being myself. Um, and yeah, it's just an incredible thing to be involved with. And I think it speaks for itself. that so Obviously, it started on the DTM package in 2019. And in 2021, we're, we're a support package for the Formula One. I think that speaks for itself. And uh it just proves that it is the forefront and it is doing an incredible job in giving opportunities to those that may not have it.
1: And do you think we will... See, do, when do you think it will happen at some point that we'll get a female coming through the system into formula One. First of all do you think w series is the answer to that and second of all are you able to give any kind of timeline as to when we'll see the first full-blown one seat go to a female driver
0: uh, i wish i had a crystal ball um unfortunately i don't i'd say certainly it's going to be within my lifetime um i'd obviously love for it to be me <laughs> but I'd say that it's more likely to be someone from maybe a younger generation. Um, We are starting to see more females. And I'd say that the reason that there isn't one is because there, there's such a severe lack of us around that that the likelihood is that, I, I mean, I don't actually know the figure, but let's say that there's one female racing driver to every thousand races. That is such a small percentage of females compared to, the bigger picture the the likelihood is that a female isn't going to make it but certainly we are starting to see more and i think that as soon as there is a female with the talent and the money and the backing from a young age then they they will make it um and i but i do think they need to be recognized quite early on and given that opportunity early on yeah and certainly if w, w series is set even if it's not a direct W series to Formula One, it's certainly going to have helped at some point, whether it's inspiring them from a young age or giving them a boost when they needed it in a drive. Um, I would yes, I do believe the W series will have had some part to play in it.
2: A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsor, F1 Experiences. F1 Experiences offer a wide range of packages that come direct from Formula 1, giving you a unique experience of the pinnacle of motorsport. Official ticket packages come with the very best race tickets, first class hotels and transfers, and unprecedented access, including track tours, pit lane walks, VIP hospitality, and loads more. It really is the closest you can get to Formula 1, and thanks to F1 Experiences, you can return to the track this year, and Motormouth listeners can save 5% on your next F1 Experiences package by using the code Motormouth when booking online at F1Experiences.com.
1: So it it certainly does open up opportunities and different doors, um, and not necessarily doors that continue in the single-seater world. British Touring Cars, a fantastic championship with some incredible, incredible drivers, legends um, inside the sport. And you had your opportunity there as well. I mean, what a series to take part in. How did this opportunity come about?
0: So the first one in 2020 um, was obviously Power Max were putting different people in the car each race. Um, obviously, yeah, the opportunity arose and torencara is lies close to my heart i've always wanted to do it and i had the opportunity so i took it um our pace was really quite strong unfortunately that wasn't translated into race results but i cannot stress how difficult that championship is how difficult and there is no substitute for seat time in that um and i didn't get any but um i'm extremely proud of my pace i don't think anybody was expecting me to to be as quick as i was and i think we were lapping faster than like top 10 at times um and then in 2012, a couple of months ago even, um, the, my drive with um, Motorbase was completely unexpected. Um, Andy Neat, I had a phone call from him saying that he would like um, a weekend off due to some personal reasons and that he would like to put me in the seat. So um, obviously I jumped at that opportunity. Um, again, really quite quick, but every start, they're really quite complicated to get off the line, like incredibly complicated. Um, so every start, although I qualified really well, um, every start, one of them, I was sat in a pool of my own smoke on the start line because I released the wrong button at the wrong time. Um, and I was just sat wheel spinning and the other one, I just didn't get off the line very well at all. So,
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic,
2: ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Again, pace really strong, but results didn't translate. But it's such a such a tough championship that, you know, even people that have been in it years um, still struggle with touring cars. So, yes, that is something that certainly I will be looking and I have previously been looking at trying to secure a full season, but so far, no luck um that's yeah but I, that's not something that I've given up on
1: no absolutely there, there, there's time on that one it's one of those championships that you think if like if, if I put myself in your shoes, and I found myself in a British touring car grid and I'm looking over at like Matt Neal and Tom Chilton and, you know, Jason Plato. I would just completely bottle it. I'd, I'd be a puddle of a human being. I couldn't cope with that. That would be too much for me. So um, I really hope we see you in that. I think you did fantastically well in that championship. Um, now, I, I want to move on to um, uh, your, your, your brand, if you like. So um, you've built up a sizable social media following. Um, approaching 80,000 Instagram followers as we record today. And social media obviously isn't just about building a brand. um, Sorry, is isn't just about fun. It's about building a brand and to make yourself into a marketable asset for endorsements and partnerships and so on. Um, Not least, Aston Martin, Cognizant, Formula One team. And for those who are just listening to this, Jess is wearing the full, she's regaled in the full Aston Martin gear. She's got a her, her, her green top on with the branding, the cap. She's got a, a lovely virtual background with the race car on it and the Aston Martin logo sitting proudly there in the background. So you've you've done incredibly well through social media to, to set up relationships with the likes of EB Watches and Powered by TDF, which are both brands we've not heard of but looked into once we started researching you. So a couple of points here, I suppose. First, uh, advice for for other drivers, young drivers coming out through the sports. How have you landed these opportunities? Have you got uh, management to support you? Have you done it yourself? And secondly, just tell us a little bit about some of your partners because some of them are quite interesting.
0: Uh, firstly, I don't think that any, any of my deals were <laughs> off the back of social media, if I'm honest. I think that um, I gained a fair few when I was announced um, with Aston Martin, Cogs and Formula One team. Um, and do you know what? Most of my... <laughs> Uh, powered by TDF I basically they couldn't find anyone to drive the car and I was the only person available um and I ended up being faster than a few people I shouldn't have been faster than so they then offered me a job as their development driver which I took obviously um, and that's been been a partnership now that's been standing for a good few years so I still do a lot of their development work mm-hmm. um so the, and they're a great 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 team there um and I don't. Honestly, I don't think anything has been off of the back of social media. And if there's if there's someone that you need to speak to about building partnerships off of the back of social media, it's not me because <laughs> I have not been very good at it previously. So, um, but I do have a few more followers now, so maybe it will become a, a, a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, being announced as a Aston Martin Cognizant Formula One driver ambassador was an incredible opportunity and it was, it's was it been a long time in the making um, and I'm so proud to be a part of the team and instantly within my first day of being there, I felt a part of the team. Everybody was so welcoming, they're so supportive and I genuinely do feel a part of the team.
2: Well, let, let's talk proper then, shall we, Formula One, because as you say, you were fairly only recently announced as the ambassador for the Aston Martin F1 Cognizant uh, team, uh, who, uh, you know, have obviously had a, a rebrand this year in terms of across the whole business and uh, look, looking that they've been been improving with every race so far, not nonetheless with uh, the Hungry result, although that's uh, a little bit in contention, I think, but we won't dwell too much on that because uh, it it really is quite, an exciting opportunity and one of the first of its kind, properly, I think, because you know I'm trying to think of you know any other particularly female drivers who've been announced as uh, brand ambassadors for teams, and particularly with Aston Martin, we know they're, they're huge on especially LGBTQ plus issues as well. They're all about diversity, so it must be uh, such a brilliant place uh, to find yourself. How did how did it first come about? When were the talks uh, beginning?
0: Quite a while ago, actually, this has been low level chats um, and it wasn't really until a few months ago, maybe a little bit longer now, um, that it really became something that looking like it, it may happen. Um, I think that they were very interested in my stunt work. Um, obviously, racing as well helps. Um, mainly, I think it was it was my stunt work that they were interested in and um, Helping them out with their with their brand partnerships and stuff like that. Now, obviously for me, the next step is to drive the car. <laughs> yeah. But uh I will walk before I can run. But I would say um never say never. Um, should the opportunity arise, I'm gonna jump on it. Um, I'll be starting in the sim soon, I believe. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna be a sponge and soak everything I can up and working no, with seven Lance is Crazy. Well, that was um, gonna be
2: my next question. What's it like having them? Because obviously they're both pretty decent. In fact, one of them is a four-time world champion. So uh, not too <laughs> shabby to be uh, working in the sim if he's the race driver.
0: I just can't believe how welcoming they both were. And Lance and Sebs even had me on two of his track walks, and he's shown a genuine interest in my racing and my career, and he's such a genuine guy, and he wants to help. Um, all of the team want to help. Um yeah, I just, I'd, like, I'd like to think that, you know, they've maybe recognised something in me. I don't know. It's I, I don't know. And despite um, my, my results, despite my lack of experience, uh, I think are quite good. Although to the outside world, well, you know, they're, they're not. But with the lack of experience, I think they're good. So, yeah, I'm just a sponge at the moment, going to soak everything I can up. And um, hopefully it's a, a long-term partnership.
1: Yeah, I think uh, from what we've seen that the, the announcement's gone down incredibly well, um, and and despite your you know relative lack of experience, I think it's a very very positive move by the team. Um, and and looking into it on social media, it seems like it's gone down very well with fans um, across the world. Um, now, very important um part of the podcast because um i've actually had a text message from abby eaton um so she's obviously aware that you're you're coming on the show abby is a friend of the show we've had her on the show a couple of times actually um and she's got two questions for you she she says what are you cooking abby for dinner first question
0: (laughs) probably i don't know i was not ready for this question Um, (laughs) um Salmon, I don't know. Salmon. It's her turn to cook. Tell her it's her turn to cook.
1: I, I'll I'll pass on the message. Yeah. Um, so no salmon for Abby. It's her turn to cook. I'll pass that on. And she says, What what is Abby up to right now? If you don't know, she's washing the clothes from your race weekend. So well
2: done.
0: Uh, Abby. Uh, you know what? Before, before I started this podcast, I said we need to do some washing after my podcast. And she said, Don't worry, I'll do it. Ah, there
2: you go. You're not going to say no to that, are you? I'm not going to say no, <laughs> am I? <laughs> I I'm, just, I'm just telling her that you are cooking
1: tonight. Any, any requests? I mean, do you want salmon? What
0: do I want? Yeah, let's have salmon. Salmon, rice and broccoli I'm
2: going with. Oh, very nice. Very healthy. She wants Get salmon, all, year, get all with a
0: side of salad cream. What? Ooh, salad yeah. cream?
2: Oh, with that. that? That's odd. With, Is it? You, do you eat the grey bit at the bottom as well? No, Abby's really fussy about the bit. Yeah, so am I. I can't even. Uh, I can't touch it. it looks That's, horrible.
1: I, I said. I, uh, I said to Abby, "You're cooking tonight. She wants salmon, rice, broccoli, with a side of salad cream. Oh, sa- sales cream, salad cream. That sounds like that sounds like a weird combination. D- salad cream with salmon. That doesn't sound normal.
0: Don't knock it till you try it.
1: Fair, fair point. I have salad cream with beans on toast. It's amazing
0: that's i'd say that's even stranger
1: i would as well actually well there we go i mean i, I have i like having weird food i have um, mint sauce with my roast chicken and um, i have onion rings with roast chicken which apparently is a strange thing to do but i've done it since i was a kid mint sauce with
0: chicken that's a winner
1: yeah mint sauce with lamb though, no, isn't that correct isn't
2: that the, the usual combo
1: it is but it tastes really good with pretty much anything so roast chicken with mint sauce i'd highly recommend.
0: Okay.
1: I can get on with that. Yeah. I think we're all on board with that. Um, So, yeah, anyway, I've passed the message on to Abby. So if I get a response during the show, I'll let you know whether she's... Thank you.
0: She's literally in the room behind me. Is she? She can probably hear this conversation, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Abby, if you can hear me, come and say hi. It's salmon. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh Well, while we uh, we wait for the dinner options to be decided, uh, Jess, what does uh, the future hold for you, hopefully? If, if everything goes the way you want to, what are you looking for? What are your next sort of aims for, for the rest of this year and beyond?
0: To be honest, I um, had a lot of penalties this year, so I'm going to veer away from penalties. And I'd, I think I'd be quite high up in the championship if it wasn't for that. But I'm on the back foot at the moment, so hopefully um, a strong finish to the year um moving into next year who knows who knows i've always never said no to any opportunity so i don't know we'll see we'll see
1: now um you're obviously a very good racing driver we all know that um but are you good at anything else if 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 you weren't to be a racing driver i guess what would you have been what's your thing outside of racing
0: i'd really like to be a stunt woman
1: makes sense like a, a, dri- a driving one or just leaping around out of airplanes and stuff like that?
0: Leaping around out of airplanes wow. and obviously I'm driving, but leaping around out of airplanes, off of buildings, like mad ass, bad ass stuff. <laughs> I would really like that. Being shot, you know, <laughs> mm, <laughs> love it. God,
2: <laughs> shoot me shoot me um, I think that's the first time we've had that on uh, on the show for sure really? that would be that would be cool like, no one's ever said being any kind of stunt person ever that would so that be so is, cool that would be, that would so be cool. quite cool actually,
0: honestly and I, I can't tell you how talented they are they are so yeah. talented yeah yeah
2: well go on then let's uh, flip it on his head what are you terrible at just absolutely awful
0: anything that isn't driving <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> how bad. is your cooking is that salmon going to be burned
0: do you know what I actually relatively enjoy cooking but I don't think it's that bad it's edible
2: you know okay
0: it's not terrible if I really think about it it could probably be quite good but I normally like simple option like salmon rice quick and and easy yeah I mean I don't really I'm sure there are many ways to spice it up a little bit but
2: can't be asked.
0: (laughs) yeah I don't know how to really I don't know how to what am I really bad at really you're probably better off asking Abby that oh keeping tidy
2: oh okay I'm not really Um, bad
0: not really bad Abby is mildly tidier than I am Um,
2: I feel like she's here
0: I'll tell you what I'm really bad at yeah go on are you one of these people that like put fuel in at the right last second
2: no no not me no and that's bad for your car is what it- you you let yeah. it run all the way to as low as possible?
0: Not zero, not zero, but to the point where I'm like, "Hmm."
2: Yeah, I'm like that. No, that's yeah. bad. That you should yeah. you shouldn't do that. Why not? Right. It's, that's the whole point,
1: isn't it? No, because it, it, my father-in-law is uh, runs a tire and exhaust depot, and if I ever get too low, he tells me off. It's bad for the engine to go too low constantly on your car. I know it's like a fun little game, you know. Can I make it to the petrol station?
0: I don't really find it fun. It's
2: fun. No, it's stressful, if anything.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> will <laughs> I make it to the petrol station? Um, all right, well, we've established just what you're good at outside of racing, what you're terrible at. Uh, who is your best mate in I think the paddock? I think we know this No one. pressure. Esme Hawkey. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, Esme Hawkey.
0: So yeah, she yeah, was in the W Series in 2019. Yeah. Um, I'd never met her before but she very quickly turned into one of her best mates Um, she's very funny as well Um, that's that's, that's such a difficult question I've got
2: we are hard hitting on this podcast. As I'm sure you've question. worked out many
0: a good friend. Sorry, within motorsport, most of my friends are within motorsports. So I seem to not have a life outside of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, a good, a good, a good, few friends outside of motorsport as well. But I'd say that once you're in motorsport, you're you, you're part of the family, and that's um that's what you roll with.
1: Yeah, mm. and I'm curious to know. Um, what general advice you would give to people coming up through through the ranks of motorsport? I mean, you know, you, you mentioned there about motorsport being a family and it is a relatively small industry and, you know, the people you meet um, on the way up are often people that will give you a leg up later on further down the line and relationships are all important, but... For those girls that are looking at you and the likes of Jamie and Emma Kimmelainen and others at the moment and thinking that's the route I want to go down, what advice would you give those those younger girls who are thinking about making the the jump into carts perhaps or into cars for the first time?
0: I would say there's probably many different bits of advice different drivers would give you. But certainly from my point of view and the way that my career has gone, I would say never say no to any opportunity. Always consider them um even if they don't seem like the most conventional perfect thing to do at the time they're certainly worth worth a um a consideration and just keep working hard and never give up
1: yeah good great advice um now i think that's very sound um i ha- sorry if i sound slightly distracted um abby continues to to rear her head in this podcast uh, she has replied um and says i demand risotto and she says, she says, Jessica never cooks, but when she does, it's always extremely delicious. So we're, we're finishing, oh. finishing with Abby on a high.
0: <laughs> if she asks me to cook anything, it's always risotto. I
1: gonna, I,
0: I, I <laughs> always risotto. I should have seen that coming.
1: Here you go.
0: I go. never cook. I t- I, in fact, I'll show her what it's like to never cook now.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's You're off. causing trouble, it's it's Timothy. You're off. causing trouble. Um Yes, coolest car you have ever driven anywhere. Race car, road car, coolest one. Oh, tough that is one. That's so
1: difficult. That is so difficult. Surely you've got to say an Aston
2: Martin here. <laughs> yeah. it's a, What Aston Martin did you say? Um,
0: an Aston Martin.
2: There we go. There we go.
1: <laughs> Keep, keeping the employees happy. Um, no, I, th- I think, I mean, Aston Martin do make very cool cars. And I think that's a logical um, choice.
2: Um, I'll I'm... tell you what, actually, just on the subject of Aston Martin. So I was at CarFest uh, a week or so ago, this massive car festival that Chris Evans, the the well, now Virgin Radio broadcaster does. And they have these amazing cars. And Aston Martin supplied three awesome cars. They supplied the safety car, which was just really cool to see in person. The DBX, the, uh, the SUV, which is Lovely. a bit of a machine. Yeah. And the... Um, uh, the DB5 Goldfinger edition so the car from James Bond Goldfinger but it was simultaneously the newest Aston Martin and the oldest one cool. because it was uh, basically a, a, con- a recreation of the original DB5 but to see it in person and it had a smoke screen it had guns coming out the front it had yeah. an ejector seat it was insane it was so cool such so, an iconic car
0: and I think it always will be as well
2: yeah you just you just know it instantly you don't even have to guess what it is you just know it straight away so good now, uh, listen, the,
1: the, we're nearly at, at time. It's, it's flown by, but we do have um, a final three questions uh, which are brought to you by our friends over at F1 Experiences. Um, we, we've actually covered off uh, what there was going to be for, but um, we covered one of them off already in terms of if not doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? So we'll stick to the other three. Harry, do you
2: want to kick things off? Yeah. Jess, what has got you excited at the moment? Risotto? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually
0: really excited to be to be back with the team in Monza. Obviously, I haven't been able to be to be to be with them for a while because I've been racing, but I'm really excited to get back to the team and I'll be with them at Monza.
1: Fantastic. Um, very highbrow question. What are you scared of? Slugs. Slugs. How, well, okay. This is top. That was quick. That was very quick. And this is a this, is, oh, yeah. this yeah. is good. So, uh, at the weekend I was in Norfolk. And uh, it's been a lot of rain lately. Um, and my mum lives in a uh, an old rectory. This is going somewhere. Bear with me. And she's got a few acres out the back. Um, and there's a sort of woodland that leads to a field that's sort of outside of her perimeter. But this rain came and it drove the slugs out. And she had about 20,000 slugs, no joke, all over the lawn. It was like the Armada. It was the Spanish Armada of slugs. And they were... Everywhere you literally couldn't step foot on the ground without squashing about five or six slugs. So it would have oh, been absolute hell for you.
0: Yeah, I'm not down for that. Where does
2: I, this... I've got a new puppy as well, and he's been taken to eating slugs, Great which bad. is really? also not. He just uh, actually not even slugs, snails. But when they oh, eat, he picks crunch. them out the shell, then then they are slugs. I don't know how it works, but like, it's just oh, it's just. Yeah, what? not keen for that.
1: Not keen. Where does the uh, where does the irrational fear of slugs come from?
0: I don't actually know. You'd think it would be something like tigers or sharks or something really vicious, wouldn't you? What, <laughs> slugs? A slug. I have no
2: answers. You're, more, you're more likely to come across a slug than you are a tiger in your lifetime, I imagine. Yeah, that's very true. Out, out in the wild. Yeah, or a shark. Yeah. <laughs> I found it. We had Sebastian Buemi on the show about a year or so ago, and he was deathly afraid of sharks. And I was just like, why? You live in Switzerland, but yeah. there's You're no sharks. You're never going
0: to see a shark, yeah. yeah. If you don't so, need to, you don't
1: have to.
2: Exactly. Wasn't so if it, you live in maybe South Africa, then I think there's sharks there. Wasn't it killer whales, but, was it? Killer, killer whales, they're, they're just as bad, I so, think. Someone, it's not worse. someone you was scared of killer whales. All those David Attenborough documentaries. Um, right, okay, well, slugs is what you're definitely afraid of. And uh, our final question brought to you by F1 Experiences is uh, Jess, what is your favourite F1 destination? Good question. Thank you. Um,
0: good question. Favourite F1 destination? Has to be Monaco, no? I've never been, but I would have to say Monaco.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a it's a place course. like no other. Yeah. It really, yeah. is. Yeah. it's mental. Actually, how it's it's ridiculous. That's what it is. It's ridiculous, but it's and Monaco. It's the excitement
0: oh. from all the drivers that that, that that makes me so excited as well. Everybody likes Monaco.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Well, listen, um, Jess. Before we sign off, um, tell the people where they can find you. Where can they follow you? Where can they look you up on social media and so on?
0: Instagram and Twitter are the same. So it's at one Jessica Hawkins. Pretty simple. The number one, not O N E.
1: The number one, the numerical number (laughs) one. Uh, Well, listen. Jess, thank you so much for joining us on the show um, Harry's just knocked his microphone knocked <laughs> my microphone flying there for um, a minute <laughs> we, we wish you all the best for the remainder of the W Series season, um, I, I'm sure there are great things destined for you in the future you're still incredibly young, still very early on in your uh, motorsport journey um, and um, I'm sure we will see you at a paddock hopefully sometime soon all the best, thanks so much for joining us and see you soon
0: Thank you so much, guys. See you later.
2: Before you go, one final reminder to check out F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality and travel programme of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the sport. Official ticket packages, which include the best race tickets, first-class hotels, travel and exclusive behind-the-scenes access across a Grand Prix weekend, F1 Experiences offer packages like no other. So to book your F1 Experiences package, head online to F1 f1experiences.com and if you enter code MOTORMOUTH you'll get 5% off too thank you so much for listening to the MOTORMOUTH podcast do make sure you give us a follow on our socials Twitter at MOTORMOUTH underscore Instagram at MOTORMOUTH underscore official and Facebook just search MOTORMOUTH you can also download the MOTORMOUTH app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy we're also proud to be supporting the brain tumor charity too so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker don't forget to like subscribe and review and until next time you've been listening to the motor Mouth podcast